So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. My goodness, we have an amazing, amazing show lined up for you tonight, and it is because of the one and only Tanner Chittister is going to be coming on here in just a few minutes. I cannot wait to bring him on. This young man is brilliant. He's been through a lot of life experience in a very short period of time, and he's used that experience to catapult himself, his business, his colleagues, his coworkers, his family to a greater level. And that's what we love to do as entrepreneurs is help others to achieve greatness. And that is exactly what Tanner does and is still doing and still raising the bar as we speak. So he is coming on very, very soon. The Mind Body Business Show is a show that I had developed with you in mind, the entrepreneur, the business person, anyone who is looking to make it to that next level, wherever you are currently. Every time we have a new guest on the show, someone is learning another skill set, another fact, something that will help them, a mindset issue that will get them farther down the path than if they had not watched the show. It's like going to a one-hour seminar without traveling or paying for hotel fees, and you get very targeted, focused questions asked of these incredible, successful entrepreneurs like Tanner that my job is to extract the value from them so that it can help you and propel you, not only in your your business life also many times in your personal life as well and that's why i love what i get to do the mind body business show so it's about the three pillars of success mind being mindset and in about a 10-year period i studied just successful people just focused on that and what i realized is three different three different qualities bubble to the top every single time and yeah, you probably guessed it. They are part of the very title of the show. One being mind, which is mindset, as I said just a moment ago. And it is, what does that mean? That means that successful people have a very powerful and positive, and the most important aspect is flexible mindset. And then body. Each of these individuals that I study, now we're talking about people I know personally, others that are authors of books that some I've met, some I've never met, some are no longer with us and have been long since gone even before I was born. I was studying all of these and looking into their traits. And to a person, even uh, all of these body, they cared, they took care of their body, both nutritionally and physically through exercise and nutrition. And I'm just over the moon excited because they all, each of my guests have these traits. Tanner, exe he exceeds most everyone in all three categories. And then business, and this is the third category, is that in order to become successful in business, one must master various skill sets to achieve that. Skill sets like marketing, sales, team building, systematizing, leadership, the, the list goes on and on. We're going to talk about a few of these things. Oh, I, I hope, I wish... Maybe we'll go three hours tonight because Tanner is such a wealth of information. I had a great time getting to know him right before the show. And the good news for you, though, mastering one skill set, mastering it, can take a very long time. It's like becoming an expert in anything. I think they say it takes an average of 10,000 hours, uh, a focused time. Well, to master a skill set is a similar thing. The good news is you don't personally have to master every skill set. In fact, if you master just one of them, just one of them, and it, it was one of the few that I mentioned just a moment ago, because there's many more than I just mentioned. If you master this one skill set, you can use it to leverage into the other skill sets. And if you want to know what that is, go ahead and type it in the chat, you know, comment. I'm kidding. I'll tell you what it is. I'm not going to tease you. It is the skill set of leadership. And you might say, Brian, I don't have a team yet. I'm a solopreneur. Great. Master leading yourself. Develop a culture in your business as if you had a team and then if you have a team cultivate that culture make it a culture that is thriving that is uh that is supportive and i know uh tanner is a big believer of 
business culture as well. I can't wait to ask him about that question as well. And you'll, you'll learn at a deep level what it truly takes, what kind of culture to implement to truly build a successful business. This is going to be a great show, a great, great show. They, they all are great, but this one is going to take uh, another a great turn. And to an, an, another degree, what all of these very successful people also have are this trait um, that they all do is that they are all very avid readers of books. They never stop learning. And with that, very briefly, I want to segue into a little segment I like to affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. And yes, just to remind you, Tanner Chittister is in the wings waiting. He's actually scratching at the monitor saying, let me in. He wants on and I want him on here. So I'm going to make this brief. Before I talk about Reach Your Peak Library, very briefly, one thing I want to implore upon all of you watching and those of you listening after the fact, after we're done live and you're listening to the recording, is rather than going and clicking away and looking at resources, because I know Tanner will come with there's always a lot of resources, websites, books, things like that. Instead of clicking away and watching and looking at these things while the show is on, I implore upon you to instead take notes, write down the web addresses, literally write them down with a pen and paper or go and type them into your notepad online. Either way, stay with us, stay focused, not because of me, but because of Tanner. I would hate for you to miss that one golden nugget that could change your life forever because you took your focus away and you started looking at something like Reach Your Peak Library. You don't want to do that. Stay with the show. The magic happens in the room. That's my soapbox moment. Reach Your Peak Library is a resource that I had my team put together. And the reason I did is because I myself was not a voracious reader until the age of 47, about 11 years ago. Everyone just did the math. We're good there. And so I, I began reading voraciously at that age after I discovered from my mentor how valuable it could be. And I listened to him on Audible. I found that that was the reason I didn't read. I didn't like reading physical books. My eyes got strained, whatever the reason was. I listened uh, voraciously to books. And so I started collecting the books that had a profound effect on me, either in business life or personal or even both. And I said, add these to the website and they are here for you. Uh, this is not a money generating website. You click on those buttons, it goes to Amazon. Uh, we may make a few pennies if that, I don't even know. I honestly don't care, uh, but um, I do care. I always care. You should always care, but I do care, but it's not, the purpose is not for money, but I wanted to put that up there. It is, they are in here in no rhyme or reason. They're not alphabetic. Just scroll through, pick the first one that jumps off the page that you have yet to read and go get it wherever you want to get it. Another library on Audible or Amazon directly, just be sure you pick up another book and continue reading because it does change your life for the better. I kid you not. And it costs next to nothing compared to all the other things that we all should do. Mentorship, coaching, everything. And with that, I am done. I have had enough of blabbing. It is time to bring on the one and only Tanner Chittister. Here we go. Don't go anywhere. It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is the one. It is the only Tanner Chittister. Yes. How are so, you doing, Tanner? I'm doing better now. I love the introduction, so I'm, I'm ready. And every word that that gentleman stated was absolutely true to form to you, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. They had it custom made for you. Thank you believe you. that, right? <laughs> of course, of course. I love it. Hey, we have an anonymous Facebook user said, boom, I love it. Right on. <laughs> I don't know why these come in that way, but we got to share the good stuff too. So uh, Tanner, my God, I that was the best half hour I spent a long time before bringing you on on the show, uh, just meeting you, getting to know you. Um, I've looked, I've checked you out on your YouTube channel, and I recommend everybody do the same. It's just look up Tanner Chittister on YouTube. That's how I did it. I yeah. found him. His intro video is the greatest part of it because you get to learn who this guy is at his core. He's transparent. He talks about his journey, not just through his business life, but through his life as being a kid growing up with two older sisters and what I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal anything here. You have to go see it. Everybody watching. It is good stuff. Very good stuff. It's great stuff. So Tanner, um, you know what? I'm going to bypass the ad spot. I just want to talk to you. 
I don't want to waste any time with that. So I'm going to bring you onto the show formally, officially, uh, and give you the respect you deserve by introducing you and giving people a little bit of background. Is that cool with you? Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Founder and CEO of Elite CEOs. You can see it on his hat. Tanner Chittister has generated over $50 million in the online coaching world. Did everybody hear that? I want you to understand it. It's, it's not like, ooh, look at Tanner, but it is. But he has achieved something very monumental that very few can say they have. And he's done it because he's figured it out. And he's still figuring it out as he goes. But can you believe that he will give you some tidbits that you can uh, take away today, tonight, and use in your life? Absolutely. Back to Tanner. After discovering powerful, repeatable strategies, which he used to create his first million in a B2C model, that's a business to customer, Tanner's success went on to disrupt the coaching industry forever. Upon request, Tanner began business coaching others on these same strategies and paving the way for simplicity in a traditionally complex online arena. Oh boy, I know about that. Since then, the sky has been the limit, especially with his two brothers by his side, families in it, who joined the business early on. Tanner's business has organically evolved into the coaching empire we know today, elite CEOs. With his team by his side, Tanner is now on a mission to turn as many online coaches as possible into million millionaires. I can say it. I was getting, oh, I'm getting all, all gushy here. Recently, Tanner has stepped out of CEO of his company. This is intriguing stuff and moved into an advisory role only as he looks to expand into other areas. And we are going to have a blast tonight. Welcome Tanner to the show. Yeah. Woo. Thanks again for having me. And uh, you're, you're too kind. So thank you. Oh, geez, Louise. The fact that you are just willing to spend your time here to help others to achieve greater success in their lives, that speaks volumes of you. You don't have to be here. You're not getting paid to. Uh, and I appreciate that. And we all do. And um, that's what I love about entrepreneurs. That's what I love. What I get to do is that's what that is at the heart of every successful entrepreneur I've ever met is that they have a heart and their heart is for other people and helping people. And that's truly, in my opinion, one of the greatest recipes for success. What, what, does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, entrepreneurship changed my life. I, I honestly, I'm the first one in my family, I think, to start a business. So it was foreign to me, but I'm so glad I took the jump. We have that in common, by the way. I just uh, didn't start till much later in life, and I'm I'm loving it. I am so glad. I'm, I'm not going to like cry about anything. I learned so much in my life. I get to use it going forward, so it's all good. Oh my gosh! I wanted to open up by touching on mindset, and you've been through the growth of a company, and I know that that is not an easy thing to do, especially when you're juggling so many things. First, you had to master sales and marketing. You did door to door sales for a while, um, which is wow <laughs> and but that is probably one of the greatest skill sets on the planet you could have learned to become an entrepreneur but then you you need to master marketing you also then as you grow your team you bring or you're bringing in a team now we have to develop a new skill set called leadership and uh, manage becoming a manager like in the e-myth revisited talks about and so i'm just curious going through that phase and knowing that when you get up in the morning, there are gonna be things that are arduous. There are gonna be things that you must address that you don't always wanna address because that's just kind of the life of an entrepreneur, especially in the growth phase. Um, what is or what is or what was going on in your mind when you got up in the morning to set the table, to keep you driven, to keep you focused? You work hard, you work long hours, or at least you did to get where you are. And there was a reason for that. Nobody does that unless they truly have a drive in here in the brain and i'm yeah. curious for our listeners and our viewers what was it for you that kept you motivated and driven to go in day in and day out yeah so i mean my original goal was to play in the nfl and i got to the division one level got hurt a lot i don't think i was good enough either once i saw some first round draft picks i i just realized you know it was pipe dream so when i started a business it was for the sole intention of not being poor i grew up in a family of seven kids Dad was a teacher, mom was stay at home. So it, it's not, you know, it's relative, you know, uh, was I destitute? No, but I always remember my parents would fight about bills or money or it'd be this big discussion. And so I just had the sole intention of not being poor. And then it was also 
the fact that everything in my life to that point seemed to go my way. So, you know, I, I got to play division one football. I had straight A's. I was an engineer. I did good with dating. Um, and I didn't want to be this loser that had, you know, dropped out of school and tried to start a business and failed. And so I think it was just the constant fear of failing. Um, and even when I started having success, I was so afraid I was going to lose it that I just put my foot down and I didn't let it go. Wow. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed that one. That's pretty awesome. Fear of failing. That's, that's a, that could be a very powerful and good fear uh, to keep people going. I hope you don't have those feelings anymore and you can just focus going full speed ahead. <laughs> or yeah, is it not, still there? Uh, I mean, not as much, but I, I just think it's a different level. So as I'm looking to new business ventures, I'm trying to find things that I think could hit nine figures or above. And you have the same fear, right? Can I do it? Is this the right vehicle? Uh, so I, I think the reality is that no matter what level of business you get to, you just find yourself in a bigger pond. Um, and so, you know, these fears that you don't have here, you just get new fears up here. So I think it's a constant game. Obviously, it's a little different when you go from destitute to, you know, you, you're making good income and you're financially stable. Um, but I, I think there's that internal drive that make a lot of entrepreneurs great because they start pushing because they actually love business and they love uh, growth versus they're trying to get a paycheck. How important is that to you to love what you do now where you are right now? Uh, I, I mean, I say it's it's very important. Uh, you know, as I stepped out of my company on the first of January, I've realized I don't have a ton of hobbies, uh, so I don't know if I need to find some or not. But I think without business, I'd, I'd live a pretty sad life because that's one of the things that I truly enjoy. Um, and it, it took me it took me a few years to realize that because once I once you go from building a business not to be poor. And then you have some money, you start asking yourself, well, okay, so like, why am I actually doing this? And that's when I had to, you know, look inside and go, man, I like, I think I like this shit. Like, I like it. And when you like it, it's a lot easier to keep going because you actually enjoy the grind, you enjoy the meetings, you enjoy the struggles. Uh, some days I complain for sure, like anyone, but it, I think like without struggle, it doesn't make it very worth it. Yeah. I mean, hobbies. I mean, you have golf. I have bad days in golf. I used to. I don't, I don't play golf anymore, <laughs> but, you know, you're going to have bad days. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I am that we have so many similarities. It's scary. that I, It's hard to believe you're that much younger than me because I think we were separated at birth uh, as twins because <laughs> I the same thing. Parents, one breadwinner. I didn't have seven uh, or six siblings, but I had one. But we were lower middle income and right. didn't know it growing up till I got older. Blah, blah, blah. That's my story. Um, but I love, I love everything you're saying because it's it's so on point with, with how it seems to go with people. It's you you tell the truth. If if anyone goes to Tanner Chittister's YouTube channel, you'll get the truth. Go to his YouTube channel and watch that first video, and you'll get to know Tanner at a deep level. I felt like I knew you after that. That was a phenomenally well done video, and. Yeah. Uh, it was it was authentic. You know, you're you're like stone faced. You don't have any emotion. You're just telling it. You're just telling it. And it's 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 wonderful. And I, I appreciate that about you, uh, that you just tell the truth, because that's the thing. What everyone out there watching, and listening, wouldn't it be nice to get to the point where it really doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you? You just get to be you, you know, and they all often say if you make if if you are a bad person now and you make a lot of money, you're just going to be more of a bad person. And vice versa if you're a great person or a good person and you make more money it's going to amplify that goodness and that's what happened with tanner the goodness is coming out and now he gets to be authentic maybe you always were tanner maybe you were always just say i don't care what people think i'm just going to say the way i am uh, i know you you were your story was you got bullied when you were younger so maybe you were a little bit shyer to say your 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 opinion back then but the thing i love is you have that freedom now and we get to see the essence of you and I, for one, I like the essence of you. You are a good man and a good person and you love helping people. And this is proof positive. You're on this show helping people. So I just want to give you some kudos on that. It's becoming a bromance all of a sudden. I don't know where that came from. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I learned so much uh, listening to that video, watching that, and then talking to you in the first half hour before this show. And things that I really am curious about, you know, you started with nothing monetarily. You had the drive to make money. You put in, you invested, I think you had $2,000. You invested that. Then you got a credit card and invested another three or five, something to that effect. You know, money you didn't have. 
I've been there. We, uh, many of us have been there, but I bet that lit a fire under your butt. And then you move back home. I don't know if I'm getting the chronology correct to your, you know, that's, that's hard to do. You were what, 25, 24, somewhere around there. That's hard to do. My God. And then, and then you locked yourself in a room for a year. You didn't date. You didn't do all these other things. You just put your nice, your nose to the grindstone. What did you pay for to tell the audience with that 5,000, 7,000, whatever it was that yeah. flipped the switch and you just put everything you had into devouring that information? What was that? You don't have to say names, but whatever you feel comfortable with. No. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I had about $2,000 in my bank account, like you said, and I was doing door to door sales. And I remember I looked down at my bank account and I had the same money in it that I had two or three years ago. So, oh. you know, 22, I had about two grand, 25, I had two grand. And I said, because I was making a little more money, but then I would just spend it. Right. Or, or <laughs> I, you know, we would do door to door sales and you had to pay for rent and all these other things. So it just felt like I was going in a perpetual circle. Um, and then I saw, I saw a program on, Facebook. And I, I was really not on social media. I wasn't super active. I actually hated social media, but I, like I was scrolling and I saw this ad that said, you know, how to start an online fitness business. And I got on, uh, didn't know anything about high ticket, gave them two grand. The program was five. I had to go get a credit card to pay off the rest. Got the credit card. Never had a credit card before at 25, which is kind of weird. Um, paid off the rest. And then really the program itself uh, I only watched a couple of videos and then I was like, I'm not going to watch any more of these videos. Cause it was a lot of like raw, raw stuff, which, you know, me as a former athlete, I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, I just need to know what to do. And I, I remember I messaged the coach and I just asked, I said, you know, what, what do I do? And he said, well, just start message people and then get them on a call and then close them. I was like, all right. You know, and <laughs> I just started doing that. And I started making money hand over fist. Uh, and I think obviously door to door sales helped, you know, being a collegiate athlete in the past helped, but, I just didn't really know what price point to sell at. I didn't know people would pay that price point. I didn't know to get people on the phone. I just thought I'm going to make a link, post it and people will find it and I'll get rich. And that's what most people think, you know, and that's just not how it works. <laughs> field of dreams, right? Build it and they will come. Nope, right. it doesn't work that way. Right. Yes. And it is a field of dreams and it becomes a field of nightmares after you realize, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. So, uh, my gosh. And so, this this fitness uh program did it did it give you the structure the the you know it's an online fitness program did it were you able to take something they developed and make it your own and then sell it i mean for people who have not started a business or haven't gone through that yet that's why i'm asking yeah so it was actually a pro so it was a program for trainers and the main stuff i got from it was the marketing and the sales you know so for me building out a program for someone wasn't that complex it's just you know here's your nutrition, here's your training, like go get it. Uh, but I think the biggest thing was just, I was selling it at a $47 price point. I raised it to 1500. I was trying to get people to buy it through a link. Then I started selling over the phone. And then once I made my first three, four sales, I called my parents. I said, Hey, I figured this shit out. Finally, I'm going to come home. If you're cool with it, I'll pay you guys a little bit of rent. I just want to take all the money and push it back into the business. Um, and that's what I did. And, you know, when I made 10 grand at the time, I made 10 grand a week. That was three times what I was making a month. You know, it, it just felt, I felt so rich at that point. Like, holy shit. Like it just felt like this, uh, crazy thing had just happened to me. Um, but that was the main thing I got from it. The actual fulfillment and stuff, uh, it might've been in there, but I'll be honest with you after the first couple of videos, I just stopped watching. And once I started making money, um, that's actually been something I've always been good at is I, I'm not really a consumer. Uh, I really like once I see, you know, something works, I just go because th that's like the best way to learn. Like I can consume all the information in the world. But once you're moving, it's really just keep going. You know, you don't have to like keep consuming info. Yeah, I think one of the issues uh, among many today are that there are so many of these programs out there that teach you. Uh, you know, you spend all these hours going through our videos and trainings and calls and mastermind and all this stuff. And and then you, you sit at the end and you hear nothing but crickets. It's like you need to find one that has a proven recipe for success. It's getting more and more difficult to find the real ones out there, it seems. And so did you ever go through any of that churn or did you just become fortunate and found that one on Facebook and it worked out? Yeah, no, uh, I definitely went through it. In fact, part you know, part of my story, I think to date I've spent about two and a half million on like coaching or consulting different programs. Um, and so the first program really helped me just with pricing, I would say, 
that was the big thing. And then I paid for four more programs trying to learn ads and I actually didn't get anything out of them. Me. And when I say I didn't get anything out of them, I just mean I wasn't profitable with my ads. Yeah. So, you know, in hindsight, one of the things I said when I was a beginner is, oh, this program sucks. Like, da, 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 I didn't learn anything. But I think on the other side of the coin now, you know, being more mature, older, making more money, et cetera, is it was probably in the middle where, you know, uh, even if the program wasn't the best, there were things I took away from it that did help me get to where I'm at. But mm -hmm. I will say that, you know, most people can't drop 50 G's on five programs in a row. I mean, I wasn't even finishing the programs. I would just pay for it. And in the first month I would go all in. If it didn't work, I was like, next, next. I just, I just didn't care. So the, I think the hard thing for beginners is just, they only have maybe one shot. Yeah. They only have maybe five grand or 10 grand. It has to work. And so, you know, for me, I was going to make it work no matter what. I just think that's my, my mentality at the time. I didn't realize that, but now that I'm a little more mature, I realize I'm a little different. Like I, I, I just handle things a little different than most people. Uh, but my, that's what actually got me into business coaching. Cause I, I would feel so bad seeing other people go through the program that maybe I did and I would get like enough out of it to like make some money, but they would completely flop and fail. And that actually is what got me in the coaching industry. And it, it pissed me off at the time. I hated business coaches, which is ironic <laughs> uh, because I just thought a lot of it was crap. You know, I just thought a lot of what they were teaching was from theory and it wasn't from actual experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure many have had these um, stories. I went through one. I paid 50K ultimately and Jeez. they squandered they squandered the money and, and folded. And, and it wasn't just me. There was plenty of other people involved in this. And, you know, there was no no sign of any kind that I could see that things weren't weren't right. And then later we heard all the backstories that came out from one of the partners. I'm like, Oh my God. So, right. you know, I, that it just breaks my heart for other people as well that go through this. I, but the same thing happened to me. Uh, Tanner was, I learned a lot from that experience, not just the bad part of, you know, have your eyes and radar open. There, there's no way anyone could tell they don't have a crystal ball, but I learned they, they did have some really sound concepts. They did have a successful track record. It's just, one person did some bad things with the money everyone was throwing at them uh, to be part of the system. But I take the good out of that and I learned a lot and it took me down the path I'm currently on. And so I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm not happy what happened. That's okay. It's over. It's done. Got to push that off. And just, I just know I will never do business with that person or anyone associated with them again, not to be angry or upset. It's just, like you said, I got to just keep moving. I'm not going to move in the wrong direction anymore. So you learn and you just move and, and divert your attention and focus on what works uh, if you can find it. And so elite CEOs, I'm, I'm deeply curious about that. I did not spend any time researching it in all honesty. And sure. it sounds wonderful. You, it's, it sounds like uh, coaching for business owners. Is that true? Yeah. So I started off with my fitness company. It was called Fit Warrior LLC. And mm -hmm that did my first million, then a bunch of trainers started asking me for help. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Uh, and that turned into fitness CEOs, which was for trainers. And then we got bigger. And then that's what's expanded into elite CEOs, which is now, like you said, helping people start and scale their online companies. Um, so we still get a tremendous amount of trainers, like a lot, <laughs> but the other half of our clients are going to be what we, what I could say general business owner, but it's anyone who's non-fitness for us. It's I'm glad you, you brought I was looking at your that website, Elite CEOs, I'll pull yeah. that up here. And I was checking it out and I noticed all the testimonials. I'm like, good Lord, every one of them is fit to the ninth, man. They are like grizzled and chiseled. <laughs> the women are looking muscular. I'm like, dang, what is this clientele like? They're all fit. But let's talk about that for a moment. You said something and I was I was also scrolling through some of your Facebook reels, man. I was I don't do this very often, Tanner. There's a lot about you that just spoke. You know, there's you've achieved stuff. You're not just somebody who talks about it. You do it, uh, not just have done it, but you still do it. And you talked about a great topic about drinking and why why it um, entrepreneurs should potentially avoid doing that. And it's not for reasons I don't think that they would immediately go to. I loved it. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I was probably talking about just recovery. Um, yes. in terms of recovery and kind of what I was telling you before the call is just, I, you know, I notice those things more and, you know, whether it's drugs or, you know, drinking or not sleeping or whatever it is, 
it just kills your recovery because instead of your body trying to repair itself from the days of work, it's trying to repair itself from you abusing it. So then when you wake up, it, it, you know, it's only done one and now you're starting the day off on the wrong foot and then the whole day sucks. You know, I, I just, you know, when I was younger, I just naturally did it because I was an athlete. And so I just naturally was very healthy by nature. Um, but you know, as you get older and you're like, Oh, I'm a little more relaxed. I'm going to party a little more, whatever it might be, it, you know, it just makes it difficult to succeed in business, or at least I think it does at your highest level because you're just constantly putting your body in a bad position. Yeah. And it like the show mind, body, business, mind and body. You know, I had a, a wonderful friend of mine who helped me. Coin, he coined this term and said, you can use it anytime you want, Brian. And he said, the mind and body are a team. More importantly, the mind and body are your team. And right. so if one member of the team suffers in any way, shape or form, then the entire team as a whole suffers. You know, so you're, you know, this from you played basketball. You also, you were a double sport uh, guy. That means you, you were pretty damn good. I mean, come on, give yourself credit. So you didn't make it to the NFL, but man, to play two sports in a college. I mean, actually you got on the court and played. You didn't just sit on the well, bench. So, right? so I got to, I played basketball and football in high school, uh, okay. football and basketball in high school. And then I only played football in college. Okay. Uh, I couldn't stay healthy though. I mean, I spent my whole college career just nursing injuries. Um, Unfortunately, and that's kind of why I gave it up because I mean, I'd get hurt six months rehab, get hurt six months rehab, get hurt. And I was like, this is a joke. So, um, high school was like, you know, those were the days, right? It was like, it was easy, it was fun, uh, not a lot of politics. Like, we're just having a good time. So, you know, college just was rough. I, I couldn't stay healthy. And in high school, nobody came in weighing at 300 pounds either, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had a couple guys here and there on high school squads. But in college, I mean, our O-line was 300 across the board. So, you know, you're running into those guys full speed, 230. You're just not that big. You just bounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bounce would. and break. You would. But you, you had a great lesson you learned in that uh, process, especially when you got to college and you watched certain individuals come onto the squad who really had no – hardly any experience and they catapulted way ahead of you without lifting a finger. And yeah. I love the learning that you got from that. And it, this is a life lesson. If you wouldn't mind sharing that with everyone about sure. this, uh, this one guy you've said several times now when we've been yeah. talking, uh, well, and, cause it's happened to me too. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad, when I was younger, it, you know, my dad would say comments that, you know, the guys who play in the NBA and the NFL, they're on another level. And I, I used to actually get upset because I always had this mentality that I'll outwork everyone. And I still do. Right. But what I realized he meant. There's actually maybe in maybe a couple more um, the first or second rounders. But Ezekiel Ansah was the first guy and he was a he came over from Ghana. And he was about 280 pounds, six foot seven. And we got in the weight room and he never played football a day in his life. And uh, anyways, long story short, he started squatting 405 for 10 reps. And, you know, he never lifted weights. He ran the 100 meter for the team. So imagine a six, seven, 280 pound male running like a 10 one. Oh, right. Uh, and so long story short, they don't play him hardly at all. He's a junior. So they don't pay him hardly at all as a junior. His senior year, I, I thought he should have started day one, but I thought there were politics going on. The senior year, he starts six games, and then he goes to the Detroit Lions, fifth pick in the draft, ran like a 4-5, you know, just, just a freak athlete, just freak athlete. Um, I also got to play with Randy Gregory, who he went – he was going to be a top-10 pick, but he had some drug issues, and so he dropped to the second round. But he's actually uh, – I think he just signed another massive contract with the Broncos – but these guys, the hard part was that I was working as hard as I could and they were still better doing nothing. And, and that's and that's the key is like if you think about it, if you're playing at the highest levels of the game and you're already better without doing a lot of work, you're, you have an advantage. Right. Because if I'm having to do three you know, workouts a day just to stay at an average level, it just it just puts you at a massive disadvantage. So I think it was a good thing. The one thing I took away from it, I'll end on this is. I remember walking away and I just had, I was very sad. I was like depressed for a little bit, but I also had this immense amount of satisfaction that I'd done everything I could do. Mm. And so I really preach that to people where I say, look, if you do everything you can do and you go all in and it doesn't work, it's really hard to feel bad about it because 
you just won't have regrets because you'll know that you did everything you can do. It's just most people don't really know what that level is, you know? And so for me, just for context and I'll wrap up is, you know, I was waking up at 5 a.m. We had workouts. I was doing an engineering degree, go to school all day, come back to practice two hours, two hours of film, go home and study. And I did that each and every day. I didn't hang out with girls, didn't do anything. And so I just really felt like I maximized my potential, even though it was less than him. But I felt like I maximized what I had. That, my buddy, is what I call a bomb dropping moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Smart bombs, knowledge bombs, bombs of wisdom. I mean, I love that because you work your butt off and then you still feel like you didn't make it. And even with working out, I mean, I used to be a certified personal trainer, did the online workouts, and I'd have someone doing push-ups. And I say, let's do 10 reps. They do five. And they get up and they're all down on themselves. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I, I, I failed. I only did five. I said, no, you never say that again. I, I told them right then and there. I said, I want you to take your hand, raise it up in the hand, in the air, turn it around, <laughs> put it up behind your back and pat yourself on the back and tell yourself right now, good job. Because you put everything you had to get those five reps in. So don't kick yourself in the butt for the reps you didn't do. Give yourself a pat on the back for those that you did do. Because next time and the next time and the next time, you'll see slight improvements. So never do that to yourself again. Because yeah. that is how we kill our own dreams going forward. We quit because of our self-talk that can talk us out of success. And you just hit the nail on the head with that, my brother. That was awesome. Whew. I yeah. Well, well, and I, I mean, something else to add is just I think it's okay to want to always be better. Yes. Um, I don't know who quoted this, but they, I think it's something along the lines of the most successful entrepreneurs have the insecurity that they're not good enough, but the confidence that they can do it. And Ooh. so I, th I think, I think it's a double-edged sword where Ooh. you always wonder, you, you like, you believe you can do it, but you're like, am I really as good as I think I am? And I think that's important because if you don't really believe that you're not going to push when things get hard. And, and I, I notice all the time in business. You know, like when we're stalling or we're not having a good month or something's happening, I'll ask myself, say, you know, am I really as good as I think I am? And that's kind of what gets me back to the grindstone of, OK, let's do this. OK, let's do that. Um, if you don't really care, once you hit a certain level of income, you're, you're not going to really do it anymore. You're just not. Oh, perfect timing. I wanted to ask you about that very topic because you made a comment in that video on YouTube. I keep going back to that. You want to see this Tanner Chittister on YouTube. Go look it up, uh, his first one. And you got to a point where you you made a statement that, you know, you got to the point where when you made another million, it wasn't a big deal because you could not spend the money you had fast enough anyway. So the money became less important at that moment. It's, I'm reading that into it. Uh, I'm curious then what, because originally the motivational factor was, I don't want to be, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be without money like I grew up in. I want to have the ability to make choices. And now you have the money. What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? Because this is very important for people to know because it, life is not just about money. And you are now living that right as we speak. What is now driving you? What is compelling you to keep going, to expand, to take a sabbatical and now then kick butt and switch gears and go up yet another level? What is driving you to do all this? Yeah. Um, so that the moment where I had that thought is I, I'd always had a goal to hit a million in a month. Um, when I first got into the business world, I saw Billy Jean and he had some ad and I think he was saying he did a million a month. I was like, man, how, if this guy can freaking do it, then I can, you know, I can freaking do it. Right. <laughs> and um, not, a, not in a negative way, but it just, yeah. I, some people, some people will say he's lying, but I, I was like, yeah, no, like if this guy can do it. I can do it. And I remember I hit a million dollars in a month and I was living in a one of the most expensive buildings in Miami. I had a new SVJ Lamborghini exclusive edition. Like, uh, you know, I was dating all these beautiful women. Um, and I just remember I it did not feel how I thought it was going to feel. And it was actually really depressing because I played it up in my head so big that when I finally hit it and it didn't feel the way I thought it would, it was it was pretty disappointing. Um, and so that sent me down a journey of kind of very deep questions. You know, what's the meaning of life? Why am I doing this? All that. Um, and honestly, what really helped me get out of it is I didn't feel like I was really finding answers. And um, that's that's I don't remember the exact time, but that's when me and Alex Hermosi started becoming a little bit better friends. And this is before Alex blew up. You know, a lot of people know him now, but this was 
when he was still relatively unknown, I would say. And he just had a call with me and said, you know, dude, I don't know if this will be helpful for you, but like, maybe you should just ask yourself, you know, why does it matter what the mean of life is? Or if, you know, work has mean, if you just like it. And, and I think for me, that's when I realized just for me that I really do enjoy working. Um, I enjoy the grind. Like I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the struggle. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than I've just always had this internal drive to be the best I can be. And it used to be sports, but when sports ended, now it's business. And I'm going through, I'm going through another thing in my personal life right now. And there's still a lot of stuff I mess up on. Like, I mean, before this call, like I'll be transparent with you. Like I freaked out on someone on my team and like, I'm trying not to do that. And I still fuck <laughs> up, you know, so I'm far from perfect, but I've always, I've always had this drive to be the best. And so I'm not, I probably never get there, but I always have this just drive inside of me to try to be that. Yeah. I've always said this, like, if this were a real thing, what if Tanner, what if there was literally a ceiling that you could not break through that there was the max, you can't do anything else. You can't make any more money. You can't grow your business any greater than it is. It's stuck where it is. Yeah. What would that feel like? It would suck. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd enjoy that. <laughs> and, and I think we were, I think we were designed to never stop is where I, this is my belief that we, I don't like I said earlier before we came on the show, retirement isn't in my my vocabulary. I don't know what that means. As long as my heart's beating and I'm able to do something that might help someone else in their life in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to do it. And I'm we're wired similarly. I love the grind. I love, I love the challenge. Um, and yeah, all of it, every bit of it, even the downside, because that makes the upside that much sweeter when the, the upside comes. So um, you're very astute. You're you're still a young man. You may not think so. At, at your age, but you are compared to me. Oh my gosh, you're a little little guy. Uh, Age-wise, you're a big dude though. Otherwise, <laughs> I know you, you could probably still take me with those shoulders and everything. Cause yeah, um, and that's cool. But you're like a brother. I, I've I've we've got separated at birth. You're just an awesome dude, and I appreciate your candidness and transparency on that answer because not everybody thinks about it. They think I'm gonna make millions. I'm gonna get in my hammock, swing back and forth with my umbrella drink and just be in paradise the rest of my life. Uh, it just doesn't seem to ever work that way. We were not wired to just make it to a certain point and then stop. Uh, I know somebody personally who retired after many, 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 many years of working for a corporate job. He enjoyed it. He retired. What are you going to do? Oh, I couldn't wait to finally go out. I'm going to just, I'm going to take pictures. I love, I love photography. I said, great. What else are you going to do? He couldn't think of it. I'm yeah. like, you spent your entire life to take photos. I mean, I didn't say that to him, but that's what came. <laughs> you didn't think this far? Well, here's the sad part, man. I remember going to a, a local uh, store that had furniture on display, outdoor uh, furniture inside the store on display. And first we opened the door, and this is several months after he retired. And I look, and on that, that wicker couch was him fast asleep. His wife's oh, in the man. back at the pharmacy or something. Oh, right? Man. And I'm like, okay, no, not a big deal. But it wasn't, I don't know how long it was. It wasn't a year after that. His name was in the obituary. And so he worked his entire life to take pictures and then fall asleep on a wicker and then he's gone. And it's like, that's that's not the way I want to go out and that's not the way I want to live my life. And I thought, never, never. Uh, retirement isn't, it, retirement for me would just be change of vocation if there were one, you know, to, to change my lane where i'm gonna go work on now who am i gonna help next and maybe in a different capacity you seem to be in a similar spot right now where you're kind of backing off the reins or have already of running day-to-day -day operations and looking into other things what has that been like for you yeah so i mean it's it's been different uh, to say the least i think for me what came to that decision because a lot of people ask is you know most i'll, I'll just you know, the way I view it is most info product businesses or, you know, information companies at scale, the biggest ones, typically there's obviously people who are not going to fit the mold, but usually you'll, you're not getting here between one to 3 million, the biggest ones per month. And so once you've hit that level, what happens is your teams are just really big, ad costs rise and, and it starts to just diminish your profits. And so when I finally hit those levels and I started seeing, okay, you know, if I put in an extra 200% effort, we get an extra 10% profit, like 
you know, and I go, okay, I don't really give a shit. Right. And I have bigger goals that it made more sense to start moving in management to kind of maintain and preserve. Yeah. If they grow it, great, but it's more like maintain and preserve, use that cash to do bigger stuff. And there's really no reason to do something bigger. I just feel I'm 31 years old. I got my whole life ahead of me and this is just the first notch of my belt. And what, from at least what I've seen is the guys who've built the biggest companies or ladies actually usually have internet marketing backgrounds. And then they go on to use it in more quote unquote traditional businesses. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Um, but yeah, I stepped out in the first, my brother runs it super reliable, trust him to death. Um, and so, yeah, it's fun, but you know, it's, it's, what's fun is I just get on the calls and say, here's what we should do, or here's what I think. And then that's the end of my discussion. Like I don't have to push any buttons. I'm not hammering anybody. I'm not doing any meetings. Um, so that took time to get used to like anything. Um, and when I start my next thing, that role will probably back off even a little more possibly. Uh, but it's, it's been fun because you realize that the business will only go as far as the team. And that's probably been the most Ooh. challenging thing is realizing that no matter how much you work or how much you do, that you will always become a bottleneck. And so it really comes down to the quality of your team. And it took me, it took me probably four years to really realize that it took me probably four years to really realize that the bottleneck is almost always the team. I mean, it, it's like nine times out of 10. And then maybe once in a while, it's like something you're doing wrong with your marketing or fulfillment or something. But you know, if you wow. can just upgrade the players on your team consistently, that's really what makes the massive difference. You said, um, I love this. This is a perfect segue. Yeah, we're going to go another couple hours. So just so you know, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are you right now? Real quick for everybody. Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And is that your your residence? It's not. I'm just visiting. Yeah, that's, I'm what, just that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And you talked about the importance of, of team uh, before we went live. I mean, I, I got to tell everybody uh, that's watching and listening right now. I wish I had hit the record button. That show that was a show in itself. And I'm not not kidding in the least. <laughs> but you talked about that. There's two different things that you look at when you're you're bringing on a team and building a team. And that was one was culture yeah. and the other was experience. Yeah. And you made a comment about which of those two you you know to be more important than the other. I was just curious if you would expand on that for everyone. Yeah. So it took me I didn't really care about culture at all for a long time. Um, and I, I don't I don't maybe it's not that's not the right word. I just don't think I knew how to look for it or what that meant. Um, but what culture means to us or to me is you you have company values. So for us, it's we have competitive greatness, which to me is you're doing your best at all times. So if someone works eight hours and does a shitty job, someone does a great job, that's competitive greatness to me. Proactivity, communication, and then doing the little things right. And so for me, you know, if I can get a person who works hard all the time, they're proactive. So they're trying to come up with solutions and not ask a manager for everything. And then they're great at communication. So very blunt, direct, no BS. That just helps our company vastly grow. And so that is more important to me than if I find someone who has great experience, but they come off lazy or they want everything handed to them. You know, so sometimes I'm not, not always, but sometimes we will get people who will interview from corporate and, you know, they're saying stuff like, well, how many days off do I get? And some people will get mad when I say this, but if you say that on an interview, I almost never hire you because to me, I'm going, why is the first question you ask about how many days you get off yeah. that are paid? That just to me is not like, that's not the mindset I want. I want someone who comes in and they enjoy work. And there's a balance, right? Cause there's what's sure. best for the business and what's best for people. But at the end of the day, I want someone who likes to work and enjoys work. Cause if you don't enjoy it, how are you gonna help us grow the company? How are you gonna push through when things get tough? So that's our values. Everyone should be different. But if you have to choose, right? If you have to choose between a lot of experience and terrible values or great values, but no experience, you always wanna take the culture. And then when the, you get the A players, they have both. So you find someone who's got five years experience who just fits your culture. And then those are the people who can really help you scale. And those are going to be your key positions. How do you, how do you communicate the values of your company to your team? Do you do it every meeting? Do you open up with those and remind them? Is there any kind of structure to that? Well, I mean, one is, I think you have to actually, you know, do what you say. So again, I'm not perfect. Um, but like I, I would 
find it hard pressed to anyone on my team tell me that I'm not proactive or show competitive greatness or communicate. You know, sometimes I over communicate, right? Like I say too much, I'm too rude. <laughs> um, but yeah, then it's just constantly reminding people something that was hard for me and still is, is, you know, we'll, we'll say something and then we got to say it again and we got to say it again and you got to say it again. But that's just honestly what you have to do from the top down. So it's wow. just constantly posting it in Slack, bringing it up on the company call. Something else is also when someone uh, amplifies, you know, those values and shows them like say that to the team, Hey, this person is really showing this. Um, and give them examples of what good and bad looks like. So the other mm -hmm. day I got on a call and I said, here's an example of us not doing this. And there, here's four people in a row who dropped the ball on this. Um, you know, and then obviously I, I think an even bigger component is, is getting managers who are willing to do what you are willing to do. So, you know, sometimes like <clears throat> I had a conversation with one of my marketing directors and he he said, yeah, this guy didn't message me all day yesterday. I said, well, why? He said, well, he said he has strep throat. And I said, well, what does that have to do with his fingers texting you? Like, <laughs> nothing to do with it. I was thinking the same so, thing. <laughs> right. So, so it's that type of attitude. It's like, is your manager going to remove them or tell them that's not acceptable here? Or do they just let it slide? Yeah. Right. And so because that's the hardest thing is like the, the founder passing his values down to his team and then his team exemplifying those values because if they don't yeah. yeah if they don't your team will never be as good as it should or they keep people around that should have been fired right and, and some people like i've learned too you know they might be great in your company for four years and then year five they're just like i don't want to work i don't want to do this anymore and that's fine but it just may not be a fit for them anymore like it might be time for them to move on um i'm just a big believer the business has to get what it needs it doesn't really care about your feelings and so there's a balance, right? There's a balance. But at the end of the day, my commitment is to my team and to the business. And if my team is not giving the business what it needs, they have to get removed because the business like it just has to get what it needs to win. You know? Yeah, that's like uh, drinking <laughs> when you shouldn't be. It's like having those bad cells that take take the recovery of your team longer to get through for sure. That's valuable, valuable, valuable information because, you know, I hope everyone's taking this into and for everyone that does not have a team right now, just always put them in the forefront of your mind that you will have a team, that your goal is to have a team. If you don't, you cannot scale. You cannot, you cannot do this by yourself. I mean, intellectually, um, experience wise, uh, yes, you, you have the ability to, but do you, could you do it without burning the hell out? I don't think so. Um, and eventually, so everyone I know, including yours truly started out as a solopreneur hit that wall and like holy crap i need help got the help it's like oh the sky's opened my god it was like wow this is liberating yeah. not only am i not doing all the day-to-day -day tasks but now i have someone to help where when someone asked me can you do this can your company help me with this when we normally didn't do it i'd say i don't have the bandwidth sorry well now that i have help i said why yes we can and let me go I'll, I'll get back to you. So I'd find out how many hours they, they'd get an estimate, give it to me. And I said, okay, add a little profit. All right, this is the price. Let's go do it. I was like, damn, that was easy. Let's do this again. <laughs> right. No, and it so does. I mean, it, it definitely makes a difference. And, you know, people, I mean, I'll say this sometimes too, but it's more like sadistic to like my videographer. But, you know, <laughs> if you say stuff like I hate people or, people suck and and that stops you from building a team the irony is you have to have a team to grow um and so you you have to learn how to work with people right yeah you, you do because if you if you don't like you just can't ever build anything big like really big like you you know apple all these big companies like they have hundreds and hundreds of employees like it just takes other people to help oh we got some comments edwin says awesome content as always keep it coming fire Sarah Nicole Nadler, this is awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Tanner. All right. Love it. Love it. Yeah, uh, there's so many lessons here. Oh, my gosh. I just look at the clock. It can't be already. But uh, I literally, uh, you, this is like, for me, it's the equivalent of getting high-end coaching. And you are now helping everyone else who is going to come in contact with this after this live is over. Uh, we repurposed the heck out of this thing. It goes to 35 podcast platforms. It goes on to Roku, Amazon Fire TV. The, the whole goal is to get exposure for you, Tanner, and also for audience and listeners and viewers to get what they need to move to the next step. And in that 
realm. Uh, what uh, you you mentioned um, that you would you have a way for people to connect with you, your team through your website. Uh, is this a good time? Would that be a good time to bring that up so that they can yeah. take their business to the next level? Uh, I'm going to pull up your website and you can, if you, if you're okay, maybe bring up a, a quick synopsis of what your company does. Like who's your target market yeah. for co coaching um, and maybe a success story or two real quick while I pull up your website and you can take it away and I'll pull up the description we have for the, sure. the call to action here in just a second. Yes. So um, that's our main website, guys. It's EliteCOs.com. Uh, I think that number actually is outdated. We got like 200 something five-star reviews now, but we just help people with one of two things. It's either you're starting your business, so helping you sort out your offer, your ads, scaling. And then the next one is scaling, right? So hiring, training, building the teams. Um, man, I, I, I can't even tell you how I many. We've had about, I want to say over 30,000 customers at this point. Wow. Um, so it's been quite a few. And yeah, some of our, some of our cool success stories. I mean, you always have people who come in and they're doing like a hundred grand and we get them to a million a month. We've had a couple of clients do over 2 million a month. Uh, but I think the coolest ones is people who come in at zero and they have a corporate job or they've never done it before. And then they're doing 50 or a hundred thousand dollars a month. Um, that, that chart right there is probably the best thing for people to look at where it basically just shows the average clients who work with us, what the top 20% make in a year average client after four months. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, we've been around five years. I think the one benefit of that, and I always say this, you know, it's a joke, but it's also serious is when you've been around for five years, you made four years of mistakes. And so you get really good at what you're doing. And so I do feel it. I do feel, you know, we're one of the premier programs in the industry. I know a lot of people will come in and come out, but, um, you know, when you can stand the test of time, I think that's a testament to the product. And so it's something I'm really proud about. But yeah, those those are the people we help. And so if you're someone who's trying to scale or start, you know, that's what we do. Well, and it's a testament to product. It's also a testament to leadership. And that comes from you. And, you know, the success always goes trickles down. I mean, it comes from the top. My gosh, we got uh, let's see. Tanner got me a six figure online coach three years ago, says Facebook user. We know it's a real person. We just, <laughs> I don't know why it's doing this right now, but um and then totally appreciate your fire. Another either the same or a different Facebook user. We got a lot of Facebook users. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Go ahead and drop your name if you're so inclined to say that was me and my name is. Uh, we'll definitely give you a shout out. And glad that you have um, people coming on live to, to give props. And yeah, it's a testament to you, Tanner, uh, the culture you've established in your business, the time and effort you put in. Uh, it's Dominique Matthews. Ha <laughs> ha. Awesome. So thanks for coming on and sharing your success with. So the basically the call to action here. So elite CEO. So it's E-L-I-T-E-C-E-O-S dot com. And you can do it all lowercase if that works. I'm doing that for those of us who are listening. And then you um, basically this, the call to action here for everyone is simply to go on the website and it's now covered up with by this banner but that is to schedule your call here there's a button at the bottom you yep. can see it flashing there on the website and get in touch with tanner's team how does a call what does a typical call go like if you were to yeah 40 45 to 60 minutes and you know it's it, it'll just be walking through what the struggles are that you have and then the solutions that we would have for you and then obviously if you want to join the program i, I will say you know over the years uh myself seems very much relaxed, you know, uh, by the time you get to the call, it's like, if you're interested in it, we'll walk you through it. If you want to do it great, if you don't, no worries. Um, but we, we just want to spend time getting to know you as a person, what your business needs. And then we try to find you the right solution. You know, at this point we have four divisions. So we have a division that hires and trains sales reps for you. We can run your ads. We can help you set up tech. Uh, we have done with you services. We have done for you services. So we really have tried to build a suite that, you know, can fit the need of the customer and be custom made. So that's what the call is for guys. Like, you know, other, I know everyone like says that, but it really is just to figure out what you need help with and then try to pinpoint it. Yeah. And then make a fit, find if there's a match and you hit it when you said ads that my, my alarms went off because I've been through that and that costs money. Yeah. So do yeah. you have a, a set up as a tiered approach to where the client can be starting to make money before they need to pour money back right. into the ads? 
Yeah, correct. So think of those all as separate divisions. So it, for example, if you're someone who's doing a hundred thousand a month, you might need sales reps. So that's where we're going to start. You know, you might come to us for that. If you're someone who's doing 30 grand a month, you're trying to scale up, you might need us to run your ads. If you're a beginner, we're not going to recommend ads. Cause like you said, it, mm. it costs money that they don't have. So it's more of just when people come to us, sometimes they get this idea. Oh, it's just like, it's just a mastermind. But you know, over the five years, that's part of why I believe we've continued to scale and grow and stick around is because we've improved, right? Like we're making new products, we're making new divisions. Um, cause we just realized, Hey, like if we're just a one trick pony, yeah. uh, that's not what everyone needs. And so it just, it's just so people know we have custom solutions for wherever they're at. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm not kidding. I could talk to you for another hour at least. Um, and I want to respect your time and, no uh, I appreciate you beyond the moon. Uh, there is one final question I like to ask. I normally give away a vacation uh, stay here. I'm going to flash it real fast for all those that have stuck around because they have to be watching live. And then I'm going to segue back into you, Tanner. If you've got a few more minutes, it won't take long. I like to end every show with a very profound question. Uh, I did it randomly for years. This is like I'm going on year five of this show. I can't believe it. Uh, it's awesome. I love what I get to do. And I I noticed the answers. That were, I was starting to actually realize, wow, these are pretty interesting that the answers to this question so then i be, i made it the the end question the grand poobah of the show and uh i'm gonna make a compilation book out of it i'll be reaching back out to you for your um for your uh permission to do that uh, down the road when i get that all assembled but we got a we got probably three books already worth of this this is pretty awesome but uh real quick for everyone who's watching live right now you can win a five night stay at a five-star luxury resort and you won't believe the places you can go. It's amazing. So I'm going to put the, the URL on the screen for you watching live and just write it down. Enter after we close the show. Remember, stay focused. Uh, the magic happens in the room. Write this down. Enter after the show's over. Don't worry. We know that you are watching the show uh, if you do it quickly after the show's over. Here it is. It's ryp.im forward slash vacation. RYP, that stands for Reach Your Peak, our company. Dot im forward slash vacation you go there to enter to win and uh, it's in a phenomenal five night up to five night stay at a five-star luxury resort in many different locations around the world you get to choose go ahead and enter that after the show so you don't want to miss this incredible question that mr tanner childester is about to answer uh, i hope i hope he'll he'll agree to answer it because he's been a nice guy so far i don't want to be yelled at um so <laughs> It is a phenomenal question, Tanner. Real quick, the greatest thing about it is there is no such thing as a wrong answer. It's not a test. In fact, the exact opposite is the truth. It is the only, only correct answer is yours. Why? Because it will be unique to you. And so if it takes you a microsecond or if it takes you 100 seconds to come up with the answer, it's perfect. Why? Because it's your answer. So with all that pressure being off and now the heightened alertness of what the heck is this question going to be? Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Tanner Childester, how do you define success? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think ultimately success comes down to you're doing you're doing the thing that you want to do to the best of your ability. And it goes back to what I said before. It doesn't necessarily matter what the results are. I think a lot of people think that we all want the results, but if you're giving your best effort and you're doing it with something that you actually enjoy when it's all said and done, I think that's all that matters. Um, Betty white, you know, is interesting. She died a few months ago and, you know, we talked about her for a week and then that's it. And so I think if you can attack life with the understanding that nobody's probably going to remember you or talk to you very long or think about you very much after you're gone, then you should really only spend your time doing the things you want to do because that's all that matters. So that's that's success to me, ultimately. Whoa. And it was deep and bomb dropping. I'm telling you. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. Tanner Chittister, I so, so appreciate you coming on here today. You've been a phenomenal, just, I can't think of a word that's, that epitomizes how awesome this has been. 
I, I'm not kidding, and I'm not just buttering you up. I've never met you before. Uh, I do hope we cross paths again. I mean, I'll be moving somewhere closer to you. Maybe at some point we can meet halfway, or heck, I'll go all the way to your place. I don't care. We'll have a coffee. Uh, no drinking, of course, because Tanner says don't do that, and he's right. Um, but I appreciate you. Thank you for, oh, my God, thank you for all this incredible knowledge and this coaching session for me because that's what I got out of it. Um, and <laughs> I can't wait to see what your next chapter is. Uh, I know you've got a lot of people going on, but I'd love to hear now and then just say, hey, Brian, this is what I decided to do because I know you're kind of in that process of I'm so deeply curious and I can't wait to see you crush it even more because I know when you do that, you're serving more people and doing so in such a way that improves their lives. And I appreciate you for that, Tanner. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me and uh, glad I could help. All right. So hang on for just a bit if you can for a quick debrief when we're done. And everyone else, I appreciate you. And I want everyone out there to please, please do two things. Number one, go out there and crush it in business so you can serve more people just like Tanner is doing. And number two, above all, be blessed, everyone. Take care for now. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.